Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And it is officially summer. Yay! Like, finally. E- even as, like, we're recording it right now, it's now officially summer. Like, it'll obviously be summer when this is posted, but... I think it'll be, like, a little bit into summer when this is posted. But, like, I'm just excited that today is summer. Although it is very hot and I don't love that. At least <laughs> I have a basement. <laughs> That's true. You have a nice, cool basement. I do not. But I spent my day on the lake, so it was fine. <gasps> jealous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So jealous. Highly recommend. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to jump right into mine. So mine is very much centered in a summer. Like the entire book takes place. Well, that's not true. It does, actually. The whole book takes place in summer. Put it that way. We got that summer theme going for us. Heck yeah. yeah. So it worked. So I did The Cousins by Karen M. McManus. And I haven't read anything by her before, but she does the um, One of Us is Lying. That's like a pretty popular one that I think a lot of people might know. Oh, I think I've read that one. I definitely, I definitely want to now like after reading this book like I want to read all of hers because it was uh, mm. it was so good so this book read. centers around the story family and so there's Abraham and Mildred story they are the grandparents of the story at this point they had four kids Adam Anders Allison and Archer okay it's four A's and it was really I thankfully there's a family tree in the very like the second page of the book I had to constantly, love it when they do that yeah I had to constantly go back and be like because like something would be like oh Anders and I'm like wait is Anders Archer who is it like <laughs> what, who are we talking about so Too complicated Adam has a daughter named Aubrey uh, also so there's three kids they're each I'm just gonna go through it okay so Adam has a daughter named Aubrey uh Anders has a son named Jonah Allison has a daughter who she named after her mother so she's also Mildred and then Archer never got married or had any kids uh he is an addict so he's kind of been struggling with that since like early like age 16 17 or something like that is kind of when he like started getting into drinking and drugs so he doesn't have any kids in the story all three kids are 17 and they all get this letter at like the end of the school year so oh that's the other thing I need to back up um so when all of the parents were like like 24 years ago so i think archer was like 17 allison was 18 uh, anders and adam were in college they were just like up and disowned by their mom so their parents so abraham and mildred are like stupid filthy rich like own an island with like resorts on it and people like pay a ton of money to like come visit like they have like they have fucking they money. Have the like money. That's, they have the money. <laughs> so Abraham dies in 1995 um, at like a semi-youngish age. Like he had a heart defect that nobody knew about. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a heart attack and he died. And then it's about like a year later. Um, all the kids just like they get disowned. They get diswilled, I think. is I don't know if you can be diswilled, but they get kicked out of the will, basically. Is that like disinherited? That probably sounds better than diswilled. That sounds more accurate. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. I yeah, don't I, know. I wrote it right as diswilled question mark because I was like, I don't know which one. Um, <laughs> but in like December of 1996, they all just get a letter from their mother's lawyer. I guess it would be the family lawyer, but the dad's dead now. That just says, you know what you did. And that's it. And they all I swear. Like it. All four of them swear that they have no idea what the letter is referencing and it's like really 
nobody has somebody knows all right no one has any idea what this could be about okay um but so they go and like they keep they constantly are trying to reach out like they send like when they graduate college they send the announcement and the wedding announcements and the baby announcements like they send all these things and they never ever hear back from Mildred and so they kind of are just like fine whatever and so now it's like the end of the school year we're like about to go into summer and all three kids get a letter from their grandmother that's like hey da 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 um why don't you like come work out at the resort your parents worked at the resort when they were your age and it was really beneficial like you'll get paid way more than anybody else who works here gets paid it'll be a great thing to put on your resume whatever whatever and none of them want to do it all three kids are like no this is dumb I don't know who she is like whatever but the parents are like you know you got to like because they're trying to get back in right like they want that story money like they want the money I don't blame them I mean at a a point money is kind of nice to have sometimes it's helpful well and the other thing is like they're not all doing like super like bad like so um Aubrey is so she's like a really great swimmer and right before she leaves for the summer to go to this resort um this island which I didn't write down what it was called apparently um she finds something out we don't know what it is but she like has just discovered it and now she's like not talking to her dad anymore and like everything that she has known about him she's like it all is like a lie and he can't be trusted and so because of that she's also like not talking to her mom and so it's like what happened because all Aubrey has like basically ever wanted her whole life is like recognition and like not necessarily praise but she wants her father to be proud of her like she's a fantastic swimmer and he like can't be bothered to show up to her meets or like be like hey good job at like winning so like she definitely has like those kind of like parental issues going so he's on just like a really cold dad that sounds terrible yeah and he's like very about him like nothing is ever his fault like he wrote a book that was a bestseller uh and he got like slated to write a second one and has spent the last 10 years trying to write the second one but it's not his fault like the universe and everything things happen to adam mm. and no- adam causes nothing like nothing so can be narcissist. his fault. <laughs> yeah very much so and so then anders uh his son jonah wanted to go to computer camp like he like got into this big old nerdy computer camp thing that's like really hard to get into apparently and that's what he wanted to do um but he also got forced into going um and like anders is i don't know he does something with money he like invests other people money or something like that um and then allison is ended up getting divorced from her husband and so um so Millie is Mildred, the daughter, the granddaughter right. goes by Millie because she's 17 and like, oh, 20... like the oldest name ever. Yeah. And like 2019, like she's not trying to go by Mildred right now. Um, but she also just kind of like wants her mom's love. Like her mom is also like very like cold and unaffectionate and stuff like that, which kind of makes sense. If you think about it, you're like, okay, yeah, they all got like cut off at a young age. Like she was probably like 18 years old to be like deuces, no more family yeah. connection. Anyways, so they all go on the island and they're like messaging each other, like leading up to like leaving or whatever. And none of them really want to go because you have to take a ferry and you have to like catch a certain ferry. And it's like, oh, meet with this one person when you get there. Um, And basically from the time that they step foot off the ferry, things start happening. So like I can't like give away like almost it's kind of like one of the books that you had a while ago that was like every single thing that happens eventually give something away it's like i don't want to like say like 
too much of what's going on but like all three kids had written back to their grandma um to like inquire more or whatever about like the trip and never heard anything at all so they're like hey, that's kind of weird like you just out of blue write us this letter and you won't respond to us don't resp- yeah yeah the heck um and so they like the cousins all like meet on the ferry for the very first time but like all three of them have their own secrets that they're keeping from each other and then the parents all have secrets that they're keeping like this entire family is just keeping secrets from one another and like sounds healthy yeah so like from the time that they like meet their grandma you're like something's weird is going on there like everything is just kind of like it's interesting and how she writes it and like because she'll kind of give you like tiny little breadcrumbs where like I bet if I like reread it I could be like oh what well, kind of I kind of see that coming oh now. you can see how it connected yeah, yeah. along the way yeah uh, but like reading it you're just like along for the ride like what that so the book uh alternates between everybody's chapter so it'll go like Millie Aubrey Jonah but then we get Allison 1996 chapter so we get Allison in the summer before they're all disowned like randomly gets like sprinkled in there so you can kind of like be like okay like obviously like Mildred's like struggling it's like the first summer there's always like a big summer gala it's like the first summer without her husband and he was like the big extrovert the big life of the party so she's kind of like really struggling to like do this to like put on a party which is totally understandable and so like you kind of see like Mildred from that part Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was just so so well done and it was one of those ones where like it finally all came together and like the big 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 spoiler part of it was probably like 15 pages left in the book i wow that's really good and i did not see it coming at all like i had i was going somewhere i was going i was like oh this is what's happening this is where this is gonna end (laughs) no and then it just like keep going so here's like a big bam thing and then just keeps going and then it's like a six month later little epilogue and it's like here's another little fun twist family first always hey that's like the little grandpa's catchphrase or whatever it was family first always and so you're just like oh but i you disown your children okay i don't i have so many questions i can't well also that was like his like we don't necessarily know if mildred believed it because we never did get it from mildred's point of view so we don't really know but that's the thing right like all the parents are supposed to know what they did we don't know what they we don't know what they did we don't know like did Hmm. they deserve it did they I can't tell you. I mean, I know if they did or not, but I can't tell you guys. That would ruin a whole big thing. Mm, I'm so interested. You're going to have to tell me later. Cause to be real, I probably won't have time to read this on top of my thousand other Yeah, I, I was going to say, I can just tell but, you all of it later. But yeah, but I... That's a good pick. Yeah, five out of five. It was also a pretty quick read. Like, without like sitting down and reading it in big chunks, I read it in like four days. Like, you could probably totally knock it out in like a day like oh, okay because it's also like really fast paced like things are constantly like going and so and like i said there are like little twists and like wait what like throughout the entire book like once you, literally like i said as soon as they like step foot on the ferry you're like like things are just going like we're figuring stuff out we're trying to piece it all together highly recommend i can't say like i want to like say so much more about it but i like wrote down and i was like stop talking at the ferry <laughs> like you don't get to after the ferry you can't say anything else so i admire your restraint it's really challenging mm-hmm. especially when it has like a good twist yeah and it had like so many of them that i want to be like oh yeah this thing oh but this other little thing but that'll just give away too much when somebody goes to read it so 
you did a great job. I don't know where this is going to go, but I am intrigued. So mission Perfect. accomplished. Yeah, yeah. So that was the goal. Well, mine. I don't want to say it wasn't as good, but I'm going to think it probably wasn't as good. <laughs> I. It's not like a linear. I mean, it is a linear story. I don't even know how to really explain it. So I guess I'll just kind of go into it. So I read um, "How She Died and How I Lived" by Mary Crockett. And the premise of the story, so just like straight up trigger warnings, murder, rape, trial, PTSD. It was a hardcore, heavy book. I'm not going to lie. Um, I felt like it was pretty graphic about what happened, too. Like, oh. literally in the first, like, three pages, they fairly graphically described what happened. Um, so, basically, the, the book gives you, like, the little, like, two summers before a girl in this small town who was 18 years old was murdered. So this guy who was, he just graduated high school. He had texted five girls one hot summer day. And he just said like, do you want to hang out? And then said something like unique to each girl that like would maybe make them interested. Right. So like mm-hmm. he told one girl, like, I'm having a hard time at home. You want to come talk? He told one girl like, oh, I have weed or whatever, you know, something to come get her to come hang out with him because he didn't really know anyone very well. He's kind of like a loner kid that like everyone thought was like kind of weird, but pretty harmless. Right. Yeah. It's always the loner kid. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's true. I get it. Isolation does weird things to people. Um, so he texts these five girls and the narrator, whose name we actually never know. Oh, I, I never love find out like the narrator's name. It kind of was bugging me a little bit, though. As I got close to the end, I'm like, just say it. Um, yeah. I've had ones where I had to Google it after. And I'm like, did we ever learn this person's name? And it's like, no. I'm like, OK, it wasn't just me then. <laughs> Like, literally, even, like, in the, the book cover where it has, like, a little description, it just refers to them as narrator. Oh. So, I mean, they're very clearly female, but that's all I freaking know. So, the narrator of the story, um, that day when Kyle texted everybody, she was literally, like, just about to text him back. Because she was bored, and it was hot, and she was like, whatever, fine, I've got nothing else going on. Her boyfriend was out of town. And so she's like mid in the middle of texting him back and her boyfriend texts her. So she never texts Kyle back. Well, the next day they find out Jamie has been murdered. Um, He confesses to the murderers like right away. Like this is not a shock. Like this is not really part of the story. I mean, it's the basis of the story, but it's also not really part of the story. Yeah. Like it just Um, kind of gets the start, the story going. Yeah. It's like, this is why the story happens. Um, So he like confesses right away. And so there's not going to be any trial. He confessed and he, he literally was just like, oh, it didn't matter like who it was. Like, I just wanted to kill somebody. Like it was awful. Like so cold, like, wow. It's very traumatic. Right. So There, there's going to be sentencing, but that takes a couple of years, right? So mm-hmm. our story kind of picks up right around when sentencing is going to start. Um, so the, the five main characters, really, like the girls that were in it. Um, so Jamie died, obviously. And then there's our narrator, Lindsay, who was her best friend. And then Taylor and Blair are the other two girls that he texted. They all have like really hardcore survivors, survivor's guilt. Um, mm, I bet, yeah especially the narrator because she's like I literally almost texted him back like it was literally almost me and then she feels bad because I guess the person who died Jamie was like described as being someone who's like very sweet this author is really descriptive which I think is kind of nice to a degree sometimes it can be too much they did that thing where they describe everyone's clothing in a lot of detail Mm -hmm. but I liked the clothing so I wasn't mad about it Um, (laughs) so I guess it kind of depends on context like it made sense like they described like clothing when they were like going to court and like dressing up like I felt like in the context it made sense but it was very descriptive when they did it 
So the narrator, it's, you know, their senior year now because this happened the summer before their junior year. So while this like whole thing doesn't technically take place in summer, the focal point is what happened two summers ago. Um, so the narrator is basically working her way through a bunch of different coping mechanisms. Um, she like, she tries, you know, drinking really heavily. She tries withdrawing from her friends. She tries making out with random people and none of it's really working. And so it's, you know, almost two years later and both the narrator and Janie's boyfriend are still like pretty much ghosts. Um, being, or the narrator, it's so weird not having a name for her. It like, yes. Yeah. So the narrator, because she kind of withdrew from people and two of the girls that um, were part of like his little text situation uh, aren't in the school anymore. So she ends up just being really close with Lindsay, who's one of the other girls that he texted. And um, <clears throat> it's just her senior year. Like that's really what this story ends up going through is it goes through all these different things, like these different scenarios that like Lindsay and the narrator have to try to navigate to try to like understand the world around them. It's like their entire worldview just kind of like shifted. It's like if a camera fell over, you know, like you go around thinking that like you you get to choose whether or not you live, like you can protect yourself, like you can do all of these things. But honestly, the reality is just that if somebody wants to kill you, even if you're prepared, they could do it. And yeah. it could be somebody you know. And so like, she's just really grappling with this whole like idea of living like that, really. Mm -hmm. You know, like that it's just not sense. something that she, she expected that she was going to be at. It's just not something that she, she hoped for. Um, and so one of the guys that she ended up having like a little make out thing with is like super into her and he invites her to go out dancing or not dancing well her and Lindsay were dancing but that's not what he invited her for his band was playing at like a bar and so they go out one night and um the narrator comes upon this like realization that she's like kind of into charlie jamie's boyfriend ex oh, okay. not ex because he would never be the ex because it's it's so complicated anyways so she's like into charlie they've all known each other forever right it sounds like it's a small town i honestly don't remember if they even said where this was located they didn't even get a narrator name okay i don't think there was a lot <laughs> it wasn't really necessary detail um so charlie shows up and charlie and the narrator kind of embark on this um like relationship where they're both like dealing with a lot of trauma and depression and it's very heavy like i'm not even kidding like charlie will go through phases where he just like won't even look at her because he just like suddenly like he saw jamie's sweater and it like brought it all back and he just like can't cope like this is very much a grief book um the trial comes up and that, you know, adds an, an additional layer because uh, in the state that they're in, they're seeking the death penalty. Mm. And so that is another issue that they tackle in this book on top of having to deal with the trauma and the PTSD. They start talking about like, well, what does that mean? Like, how, like, do I want him to die? Like, does that change anything? You know, is that really necessary? Like for punishment, you know? Um, <clears throat> so Charlie is like very pro death penalty and the narrator is like very anti death penalty. <laughs> I think she kind of stumbles upon that like during the book honestly because at first she kind of is just like yeah he can rot um <clears throat> but as she comes upon the conclusion that's like it's not going to bring Jamie back like mm -hmm. it's not going to change anything like are we just like just as bad as him if we're just deciding to do it because that's what he did you know like yeah. so she kind of almost starts to say that during the trial and the lawyer just kind of cuts her off right because he doesn't want her to say like I don't think he should get the death penalty yeah like, no, I lawyers. shut up um, <laughs> So they like, they go through the trial, like there's a ton of, like I said, very heavy, very personal, um, like insight into the narrator's head. It's just really just her processing all of this. Um, I'm not going to tell you how the trial turns out, but as they're leading up to the trial, all of the girls get these presents 
and yeah right so the narrator is at a party one night and this one guy who's friends with Kyle and it kind of like tried to defend him kind of like tries to get like in her pants a little bit without her consent he tried to assault her and that was Mm. super unacceptable and so like Charlie ended up shoving him off because they were all at the same party or whatever and then a few days later narrator Lindsay and I think one or two of the other girls just one because one of them moved far away got presents and the presents were like teddy bears um candies and flowers like different girls got each of these different things and there was a note it says it's not your fault like so on top of having to deal with all this trial they're trying to figure out like it's kyle sending us stuff through prison and so they end up reaching out to somebody who actually works at the prison and finding out like he did get visitors and that guy that like tried to assault the narrator was one of his visitors so you actually don't find out until the end kind of how that all plays out. There's a couple of suspects and potential options here for it could be going down. I will say it didn't end up being as nefarious. And I felt kind of at the end that there was some, um, not justice, that's not really the word, but like healing for, okay. the, whole, for the whole group of people here. Um, my biggest complaint was really just how graphic a lot of it was like I can't really get the imagery out of my head of the way they described him murdering her like I can't um I don't like that it's too much especially for like page one like I get it like this is the thing that happened but I didn't need that detail <laughs> I won't tell you but I didn't need a detail um I did read a little uh like afterwards like from the author what I think was really interesting here is it I think Part of why we don't have a name for the narrator is so the author had read in the local newspaper about a girl who had been murdered and the author was grappling with all the concepts that our narrators grappling with like what is it like to live in a world where someone could just murder you like it could be someone you know it's not necessarily a stranger like all of these questions right like things about the death penalty so the things that the author herself was really struggling with she was actually working on a completely different book until she saw that like newspaper story about a local girl being murdered and she just like couldn't get out of her head so I feel like that's part of why the ending kind of feels a little more hopeful um, because the author probably used this book to kind of work through her own feelings about it. Yeah. I mean, and so I kind of like that, honestly, it like felt a little like cathartic to, to a degree to kind of see those steps kind of play out. It's like having someone just listen to your inner thoughts. I, I can see that being, <laughs> like if you writing was your medium, I could totally see that being useful. Um, as far as like being a reader though, yeah, I really wish she hadn't gotten into quite so much detail. Overall, I thought her writing style was really good though. She was okay. good at giving detail, obviously, since I can't get it out of my brain. Yeah. Um, I do feel like she tried to be kind of restrained in the way she described it, but she wanted to like tell what happened, right? And there's not really a lot of ways to tell what happened without mm, describing it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So I think I would probably give this one like a three with a lot of heavy trigger warnings. Okay. It's very heavy. I think I'm going to try to find a book that's not so heavy for our next couple because this was, it was a real bummer. I was going to say, go get you like a nice little rom-com or something like that. Just a, what I'm thinking. A palate cleanser. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it was not a bad book by any means. It was just a lot. It's a bit heavy for a summer read that feels more like a winter dark time read. Even though it's like based around a summer event. Yeah, I should have known. I mean, it's a murder book, but you know, they're not always quite like this. Yeah, people can get murdered and then it can still be like a... But it's more like intriguing or interesting versus just like depressing. Yeah. Like it's all depressing, but it's not the same way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to 
but I think you get it. You've read enough books. Do you understand that there's definitely a difference in the way that they like describe it? Yeah. But yeah. Um, I would be interested in trying more books by her though. I, I liked her writing style. I liked, um, so like the chapters weren't numbered, but there was like the titles had like things to do with like what was going on in the chapter. Like, Ooh, I, so like I thought that, that was, I thought that was kind of cool. Cause it kind of gives you like a little bit of a, like an idea of what might be happening next. And, um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then she also would do things like poems, um, like some of the characters read poetry or talked about poetry or would just like speak in quotes. And I thought that was kind of cool, but it also didn't feel like it was something that a high school student would do naturally. It felt more mm. like something that the author did because she wanted to write these things, which is yeah. a bad thing, but yeah. it didn't feel natural for the characters. Forgot that they were in high school. Cause I was thinking, I was also thinking like, Oh, maybe it was like a poem, like in between chapters or something to like, no and then you yeah. literally had to write them and read them from high school i'm like yeah sure they're probably a little bit more mature because not a lot of high school kids have to deal with this kind of like trauma um and so that might give them a little bit more insight but i think overall that felt kind of unnatural for the characters <laughs> but that's okay that's all right well Hopefully your next book will be a little bit lighter but we'll see since the next topic is vacations gone wrong Maybe it'll be like slapsticky. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. I was gonna say maybe don't have somebody get murdered on their vacation for your next book. Yeah, I might try to avoid it. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, you know, sometimes like kind of what this one next one is, is like we're all feeling a little bit of FOMO about the fact that we can't go on vacations right now because the world's still kind of shut down, or at least we're not allowed to go anywhere. But now you won't have to feel bad about missing out because other people's vacations have gone terribly wrong. So we'll feel better, maybe. We'll see if it works. I don't know. You avoided tragedy. Congratulations. Yeah. Look at these other people's terrible vacation in these beautiful locations. <laughs> Didn't happen to you. Uh, yeah. So come back two weeks. Listen to that. Uh, social medias is Isn't It Past Your Bedtime on Instagram and Twitter is IIPYB underscore pod. You can check out our website, which recently got a facelift. Woo! At uh, Isn't It Past Your Bedtime.com. You can see what is in our archive, what's coming up next, and what we've talked about in the past yeah rate review subscribe all that stuff we would super appreciate it tell anybody you know who you think would also like to listen to us ramble on about books and we will talk at everyone next time bye everyone bye